And we are live. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Soul Survivor Podcast. We are back to recap Survivor Season 43, Episode 1, the season premiere. It's a new season. I'm your host, Dylan Bird, alongside my co-host, Ryan Winthrop. How are you doing tonight, Ryan? Dylan, just like the tattoo on Cody's ass, I am living. The premiere (laughs) is here. We had a great premiere. I can't wait to talk about it with you tonight. Yeah, this was a a lot of fun. I'm excited to dive into it. It's obviously great to have Survivor back. Um, If you are a new listener, welcome in. and if you're a new listener, obviously, you know, you're, you're first discovering us right now. If you're watching live, be sure to drop any questions or comments you have in the live chat, and we will get to it at the, you know, at the end of the episode or while it's going, depending on what it is. Um, if you're a returning listener, thank you for listening to us once again. Happy to be back. We got some, you know, stuff planned this year. Uh, Going to try to, you know, utilize some different things that we haven't done in the past. So excited for that. But, you know, let's get right into the episode. Um Mariah, the first person voted out of the season. Of course, the bird jinx strikes again, and Mariah happens to be on my fantasy team uh, that I drafted You know, earlier this week with Ryan, actually. Mariah was one of my picks, and she is gone, so that's not ideal. But Mariah ends up going. Uh, Yellow Tribe loses the immunity challenge, which I think a lot of people predicted that they were going to be the weak tribe, so that's on me for having uh, Owen and Mariah, the two, uh, the two potential vote outs tonight on my fantasy team. But that's a conversation for another time. Uh, Ryan, just what were your overall thoughts on the episode? Um, What were your overall thoughts on how the vote went? And then we could, you know, dive into it piece by piece. Yeah. Overall, I really liked the premiere. I think a lot of people either loved it or really liked it. I haven't seen a lot of negative discourse. People seem to like it. I think the reason why people have enjoyed it was we were talking before the podcast and it felt more classic in some ways. You know, Jeff wasn't talking to the camera we got to know the cast really well, and it felt like a bit of old and new mixed together with the new backstory and the photos, and we got to learn the cast very well. I mean, I could probably tell you, even though we prepared for this uh, draft, we, pre- we prepared for the podcast, like we know the players' names, but I feel like even if you're a casual viewer, you may have picked up most of the names the first night because we learned a lot about these people. And so it had some of that new element to it, but it felt more classic in terms of, you know, just maybe the editing tricks or some of the uh, challenges or whatnot. I felt it was a good premiere overall. And then really quickly in terms of the vote out, um, I think Mariah seemed like a very nice, fun person. So sad to see her go first. Um, we'll get more into the vote as we get into the tribal council and, and the tribe strategy. But it did seem in the end like, Maybe this was a more clear-cut vote than they were pointing out, but we also can go over who it was a good decision for and who it wasn't. Yeah, we could we could get into that, and you know, before we get into that, quick first, I'll give my thoughts on the premiere. I really liked it. I think out of the 41, 42, 43 premieres, I think this one was my favorite um, for a lot of reasons. I think one, I think this cast has tremendous potential, and yeah, I feel like we do say this every season, but like I actually think that you know we got better vibes from this cast than I have in a long time. Obviously we have to see how the season plays out, uh, how things, you know, go, but it was really like, I was, I was sitting next to my mom. It always takes her a while to like, like the cast. And she was like, she looked at me. She's like, I think I like like a lot of the characters so far. And I was she like, enjoyed it already? yeah. And I was like, and I was like, I think, you know, maybe it's not me. Maybe I'm not just like excited to have survivor back only. Like this could be a very good cast. There are a lot of people that I already like, and I'm rooting for after the first episode. And then to go along with the thing that you said, Ryan, I think that this felt like a classic premiere. 
um, the last two premieres that we saw in 41 and 42, um, you know, it felt a little bit like they were trying to do too much. Like it was like very new other than them, you know, showing background stories. I think it felt like pretty classic uh, in terms of, you know, it was not advantage heavy. There was one thing with advantages, which, you know, we're used to having at least one advantage in the premiere anyway, even in older seasons. So, you know, that is what it is. It seems like they spent a lot less time in that segment as well. We Perfect. didn't spend like 30 minutes going over advantages. It was kind of like, you know, we went there, we went back, it was revealed who had what, and that was it. So I enjoyed that. We got really a lot of time to know a lot of different players. So I enjoyed this premiere a lot. Yeah, and, and I agree with what Green Bay Packer fans said in the chat because it's kind of like what you and I are saying in different words where they took the ship wheel island from 41 and 42. Now we have like Big Rock, Big Rock Island and they kind of made it a much shorter segment and it felt more like the players were telling the story and it was less about the advantages. And that was it too. As you were talking, I realized the reason why I felt more classic other than the backstories and photos was that there was no Jeff talking to the camera, but there was also no advantages with in terms of the beware advantage because that was in the last two premieres and no secret silly phrases. And I feel like right away you get to the challenge and Jeff says, all right, here's the challenge. It, it wasn't like, you know, how's everyone feeling? And then we hear about broccoli. We hear about bunny rabbits. Like it was just more here it is. And I feel like that's what made it more classic for us. Yeah, and we heard from like 10 different people in the opening opening scene, which I think they released it a little bit early. So I had watched it like yesterday, but even more like it was great to hear from everybody. I kind of got a good, you know, good vibe from everybody. So that was great. Uh, in terms of the vote, my opinion, um, and we could talk quickly about was it the right move for Yellow? Was it not the right move for Yellow? And then we'll move on to the episode uh, chronologically. Um, I thought that this was the right move for the Yellow Tribe. Um, in my opinion, you, you, the last season you saw 41 and then they saw the first half of 42. So you know that if this is going to be anywhere near similar to the last two seasons, there might not be a tribe swap. You have to worry about getting to, you know, winning the next immunity, getting through the next few days, getting through the, through the next few days after that. So I think the right move is, and we've seen, you know, Survivor go away from this. It, it almost feels like it's not too often in Survivor where there's a quote unquote easy vote anymore. Sometimes it is best to go back to the basics and just say, we need to keep our tribe strong. We need to keep uh, the players who are going to do the best of challenges in the game right now, because we need to make sure that we could survive the next community challenge. Otherwise, I mean, we're all going to get picked off one by one anyway. So I think that personally it was the right move. Like you were texting me, you were like, yes, theoretically, Owen could have could have maybe been blindsided tonight if they pushed hard enough, but I'm not really sure if that was a possibility or if they just needed a decoy boot. Yeah. And again, I think that's a good point where um, Jeff always says in his interviews, like you, you might be able to rely on what you saw in the past, but keep your keep on your toes because we can always throw new things at you. Having said that, these two groups, like you mentioned, saw all of 41 and half of 42. So they know right away the first two boots of 41 were Abraham and Sarah. And I guess in both of those cases, you know, Abraham being, you know, an older guy and Sarah maybe not performing as well those two tribes wanted to keep their tribe strong. In 42, other than Jackson getting medevaced, the blue tribe Ika votes out um, Zach because they're not going to get rid of Drea or Roxroy or whatnot. So it, there's a definite theme of keeping the tribe strong, especially in a six-person small tribe where you think there might not be a swap because you haven't seen one in a couple of seasons. So it makes sense. Um, and yeah, I think Sammy is somebody who is coming 
coming out to be a big player so far in the first episode. And I think if he pushed hard enough, he could have gotten Owen to go because he had the confessional about Owen being a threat. But in the end, he probably wants to keep the guys together. I think Survivor is all about options. I mean, you saw a couple of players tonight that we'll talk about, like Carla and like Jesse, who are, are find they find themselves in the middle. And having a lot of options is good in Survivor. And I guess in Sammy's case, or I guess even in Ellie's case, because Ellie seemed like she was making the choice too, by getting rid of Mariah, you know, Sammy can keep his guys there. They can keep the tribe strong. He can swing with the guys. He can maybe swing with the girls. So I guess if you are the person in the, in the driver's seat, what opens up the most avenues for you? So if that's the case, then Mariah would have been the right vote. Yeah, and let's talk about Sammy a little bit, uh, who completely um, blew my expectations away, I would say. If you read his, if you watched his videos pregame, if you read his uh, article about him, uh, he seemed like your classic 19-year-old on Survivor. And what I mean by that is somebody who is, you know, there, thinks they could, you know, be a 19-year-old and compete and do well. And then, you know, at the end of the day, they're just 19 years old. They have either trouble connecting with other players. They have not enough life experience where they have trouble connecting with other players. Uh, or they're just, like, too naive for a game like this. Sammy also describes himself in these articles as indecisive. Somebody who, like, couldn't make decisions. And I, and I was saying to myself, all right, like, he's acting a little, like, cocky at the same time saying he's indecisive. Like, this is not going to work well. Next thing you know... um, he is solving the savvy puzzle um, right away. And I, I think the big thing that like I, you said that Sammy addressed your concerns. And I think the big thing with that is that he's sitting there and saying, well, I don't really want to like solve the puzzle for everyone and show that I'm not good at puzzles right away. And all of a sudden I'm saying, okay, he's a little bit more self-aware than I thought he was going to be this early, which is good. He ends up solving the puzzle anyway. Um, but like nobody really, you know, seems to want him gone. I mean, Everyone seems to be going to him for ideas. And, you know, he played everything off pretty well in terms of telling them he was 22 and not 19. We'll see how that works for him. I assume that it won't be an issue because he doesn't look that young, in my opinion. So, yeah, I, I was really impressed with Sammy in episode one. Yeah, no, I, I was too. And I think the concerns that we talked about were we recently saw, you know, two 19-year-olds on Survivor, Xander and Swati, Swati. And we basically got two different sides of it, where one made it to the end in Xander, and he got no respect from the jury at all. They thought he was, you know, not self-aware, and they didn't want to vote for a 19-year-old. And, and Sammy addressed that. Sammy says, you know, people may not want to give me a 19-year-old a, a lot of respect, so I'm going to say I'm 22. Um, and then in Swati's case, she gets voted out early because, you know, she was playing a bit too hard in some ways or a bit too sloppy. I think you, you, I think you can't play too hard. You just should not play sloppy. But, you know, people were like, oh, you know, she's 19 and she's, you know, young and she's kind of playing slop sloppily, so let's get rid of her. And I feel like Sammy, by having that confessional, really said to us, like, look, I am aware of the perceptions about me and I'm going to try to address them and try to present myself in a way where I'm adding value to the tribe. And again, when it comes to the perceptions, like you said, he gave us both sides of it. He says, look, I will do the, the sweat, which is obviously putting yourself at a disadvantage by being isolated from the tribe to do the digging. But he's like, but look, kind of like Fabio, where Fabio downplayed his, you know, intelligence or social game. It's like, you know, um, Sammy could be like, well, yeah, I'm putting myself in a spot to do the digging. But, you know, that's just how they see me. They see me as a guy who's just going to dig and help out and challenges. I'll be there. I'm not going to be a threat. And I don't want to help them with the bones and the numbers savvy challenge, but I know it's more important for us to. So he's th clearly thinking through these decisions and making the best decision there. So I was happy to see Sammy 
also as a player just share his thought process with some of this yeah i think uh i heard him potentially compared on i forget what, what i was listening to but i heard some people potentially compare him to like a michael yerger from season 36 that yeah, that yeah. seems like a more accurate potential comparison uh than what i expected but yeah shout out to sammy but let's go through you know some of the other tribes let's go through chronologically what happened in this episode i'm excited to get into this just wanted to remind everyone that uh, if you don't already, press the like button. really helps us out. Be sure to subscribe to this channel if you haven't already. Also, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, at Soul Survivor Pod. Um, we'll be posting a lot on TikTok probably this this season and probably a lot on YouTube Shorts. So we'll cut, cut up some clips from here, throw them on there if you can't watch this entire thing. Uh, and yeah, uh, any questions you have, feel free to DM us, tweet us, message us, whatever you want to do, write in the chat, uh, comment on the video, and we'll be here. So let's get into it. So obviously we spoke about a little bit about the whole first few minutes, how they introduced a bunch of players. We had this opening reward challenge, which was, I thought it was like a pretty telling challenge to which tribes would be pretty physical because you had to, you know, go and get these crates and carry them out of the jungle and bring them back to the beach. Then you had to drag out, uh, swim all the way out, drag more crates back to the beach. And it was like, all right, this is not an easy challenge. And then you had to, the final thing you had to hook, uh, with bamboo like a ring and then toss it off. It, there was a lot of components here. I immediately, I saw the challenge and I said to myself, I'm going to be able to tell which which tribes are going to be dominant and which tribes are going to struggle based on this one challenge. Re okay. Interesting. Because I feel like I usually, and I, I know it's different every season and every season has different types of challenges. This one had basically all three components. It had the physical part, it had the puzzle part, and then it had the balance slash dexterity part of it. So it had all the components of a survivor type of challenge. And I, I feel like sometimes you see a tribe like lose, like for example, like let's, let's think about heroes versus villains. The villains lose the first challenge to the heroes because the heroes have James and Colby, but the villains kick their ass the rest of the season. So I feel like I need to see both the reward and the immunity, see one whole episode's performance worth. But I, I see your point though, where it's like, if you see how a tribe performs in different parts of a challenge, you can see their um, how they may do in the season. And I got to say, Dylan, we'll talk about this as this episode goes on, but the challenge hacking we saw, I mean, Peridium must have been having a field day with this, the amount of challenge hacks we saw tonight. Yeah, I mean, in terms of challenge hacks, let's just go over that quickly. Uh, challenge hacks in this episode, we had in the opening reward challenge to the season, something that I was just... It was something that like seemed so simple, but on the surface, but I was just blown away by it. Cody um, basically says, all right, in order to hook this, you know, hook this ring, you got to basically take the flint and put it inside the hole, at the top of the bamboo, Bam uh ring easily comes off red wind, red tribe wins the challenge. I mean, that was extremely impressive right off the bat. Then if we go and fast forward to the um, immunity challenge, uh, the red tribe also, Right, I believe it was the Red Tribe in that. Yes, it was uh, Jesse and Noel in that challenge doing the puzzle. They, instead of doing side-by-side -side on the table maze, one was in front of the other because they had to bounce the ball up the middle. So they distributed their weight all up the middle, and therefore they were able to control the table better. I don't think I've ever seen that before, and I was like, whoa. Every time like something like that happened, I was like, whoa, multiple challenge hacks, some really smart players already. Yeah, so those two were great. And then the one other challenge hack we saw as well. Um, I mean, I wouldn't say Sammy hacked the bones challenge, but he obviously figured out the right way to solve it. But Ryan kind of hacked the digging challenge in a way where they gave them four hours. They did it in 30 minutes, him and Geo, because he figured out, I'm going to 
do an X because that gives us the most surface area in a way to find this like bag or whatever the supplies were in. And they did it in probably more time than the producers thought. So I love seeing these types of challenge hacks and um, you know, we can get more into it as well as we get to the immunity challenge later, but I'm just curious, Dylan, what, while we're talking about it, what maze would you have chosen? Cause we, we saw this challenge in triple H and they also got to pick their mazes based on when they got there. I'm just curious, you know, what, what you would have picked essentially. The, or maze, the maze in the immunity challenge. Yeah. Yeah. I said that the blue tribe made the right decision because in that it's like, I feel like once you have the path of the maze, you just fly through it. The others, it was like, all right, the straight line one, it took them a while to actually figure out the best way to do it. And you know, if you literally make one movement, it's going to fall off. The other one, you're basically, which the yellow tribe had, and it was picked last. You're basically skating on the edge the entire time to get yeah. out. So I was like, that one, that one definitely no. Uh, it was clear to me that the actual maze was the right move here. So I think the blue tribe, and it, and it showed blue tribe, they kind of flew through it. So I, it was the right move. Yeah, blue, I mean, it's the most simple because it's a maze. And once you get through the maze, once you know the path, it just comes down to you actually maneuvering it. it so it's kind of like, it's not really hard. It's just more tedious. And if you can do it, then you're fine. The um, the Vessi, the Red Tribe, having the straight and narrow path, I think I would have chosen that one because that's the one that the healers chose in Triple H and they won first because you're right. It's very narrow and hard, but once you do it once and you get like basically, and it's not like there's no ledges. There's a couple of ledges on each of the sides. And once you figure out the path of it, it becomes pretty simple um and also i love seeing jesse and noel figure out like that strategy of having like somebody stabilize the first person that was pretty cool too yeah i, I thought that was that was really entertaining and you know let's jump back here to right after the war challenge we did see savvy and sweat come back um we you know we did speak about that a little bit you know clearly uh if you're doing it ryan's way then sweat is the move that being said, I was really impressed with Sammy getting that puzzle right. I was not even thinking along that li those lines at all. So it just shows again, Sammy is clearly a lot smarter than he may have come off as in you know early videos, and maybe even smarter than he's coming off as to the rest of the tribe right now. So um, I don't really much have much to say about the savvy and sweat. Is there anything you want to add? Yeah. So I mean, one thing I'll say obviously, and first of all, I loved this commercial segment. I and it's funny actually i kind of broke up our notes into commercial segments just so we can go through it bit by bit but i love the segment because we saw all three elements pretty well one tribe chose savvy one tribe chose sweat and the other tribe the one that won the, the red tribe it was like the basic getting to know you segment like we get to hear you know my name is you know jesse um i work in this my name is uh justine i work in this we see them kind of struggling to um we see them trying to build the camp and you know obviously dwight's not very good with the machete we get a jonathan reference so clearly they saw 42 because they're like you know we wish jonathan was here to help us with the uh with the shelter so that was kind of cool to see them reference a new era season right off the bat uh but the one last thing i'll say about savvy or sweat other than you know ryan and geo just crushing it due to the strategy was you know we saw the classic move from owen that we saw in the last two seasons where one guy who's sammy he's you know physical says oh i'll do it uh and because again he's playing up his perception of himself but owen being the super fan he is is like I, he's correct though i don't want to do the digging because it puts me outside the tribe in a four to two disadvantage they can easily make an alliance to vote one of us out i'm losing out on that bonding time and i'm going to be exhausted as well so i mean 
I, I guess Owen was happy in the end that, that they chose Savvy and they ended up solving the puzzle. But I mean, you could see Owen as a super fan was like, don't, I don't want any part of the isolation and digging. Yeah. I, I guess, I guess digging is the right move if you're included in the majority back at camp and not actually digging, you know what I mean? Right. So, and again, they got it pretty fast. So it wasn't really a disadvantage for Gio and Ryan who were digging. It was like, they got it in like an hour or less. So, and it was just fast. So, but yeah, I want to move on to, you know, each tribe interacting first at camp. Um, and you, we can talk about each character and different players that, that yeah. we kind of saw. So let's start on the red tribe, which is the Vessi tribe. I'm going to try my best to pronounce these. Uh, but I will mostly refer to it, at, you know, as color just because it's much easier, uh, especially for listeners uh, and people watching just to know what I'm talking about. So the red tribe, um, Cody, Justine, <laughs> a lot to talk about with Cody. Cody seems like, and, and I think Cody may be one of the reasons why why I felt like this was a classic premiere. Is like Cody feels like somebody that would have been cast ten years ago as well. Mm. Um, and what I mean by that is like they clear like he's an eccentric personality. He's somebody who is as long as he's there out on the island, we're gonna see a lot of him because he has a lot to say. He's you know again he's like somebody that you know looks like he'd be pretty fun to hang out with. Somebody who you also maybe like you're like, I haven't seen a guy like this in my entire life. Like he's just, he's his, his own person. Like it's, it's, it's hard to describe. Um, but yeah, I, I like Cody and I thought it was a lot of fun to see him every time he's on the screen. You just don't know what the guy's going to say, which also makes him very entertaining. Uh, what are your thoughts on Cody? And then we could talk about some of the other members of this tribe as well. Cody is going to be, it's going to be fun. I, I don't know how far he's going to make it, whether he'll go far or whether he'll flame out early. But I mean, again, like he said in his bio, Dylan, uh, he is going to be, you know, business in the front and party in the back when it comes to socializing. So I think, again, I referenced it when I said it in the opener, his tattoo said living on his butt. So, I mean, this guy is going to be a, a bundle of fun. Uh, it was so interesting to see his, um, you know, before we talk about this, the alliances in this tribe, but it was so interesting to see him go after Justine. We talked in the preseason, Dylan, we said, you know, Justine, her being in sales, we think that'd be a, a great position for her. It's a great, uh, you know, a great occupation to bring into Survivor. And Cody's like, no, no, I don't want any part of that. Salespeople are really good at pitching. They're really good at selling. They're really good at telling a narrative, convincing you. So I don't want any part of that. And obviously I'm not saying Justine is, you know, the number one target on this tribe, but Cody clearly put her a little bit in the line of fire. So I guess for you and I, I mean, we both, you know, I know what you do. You know what I do. Do you feel like I mean, I'm sure I'm sure we would both be honest about what we do on the island. Do you think that would have any impact on us? Or do you feel like with the jobs that you do, you with your sports and um, media and me with human resources, you don't think like we would be any threats whatsoever, right? No, like I, I wouldn't even I mean, I would just tell people I'd be like, yeah, I work in social media and sports. I don't think anyone would think anything of it. And you could be like, I work in human resources and I don't think any, you know, maybe people would be like, oh, you know he works in HR. He maybe is good at dealing with different groups of people talking to different people, but I don't think anyone would uh, really say anything major. I mean, it's both, you know, nothing too crazy. Um, I thought it was, I mean, we, we were, I was tweeting memes like crazy. You had meme ideas. It was hilarious to watch Je uh, not Jesse Cody as a salesman go after Justine, who is also a salesperson. I mean, and and nobody knows Cody is a, is a, is a salesperson, yeah, yeah. and he's just like, oh, salespeople, you know, not easy to deal with in this game. Uh, I'm afraid of salespeople. Meanwhile, he's a salesperson himself, which is absolutely hilarious. Uh, I do worry for Cody that he's like, 
you know, throwing out names like that right away. Yeah. Like it kind of seems pretty early. I don't know if, you know, we just saw that because it was a pretty funny moment or I don't know if we saw that because it's legit happening. And that could kind of segue us into the alliances or the way that things are kind of breaking on this tribe. It seems like uh, NECA and Cody are on one side. Um, Noel and uh, Justine are on one side. And then you have um, Jesse, who is kind of in the middle. And then there's one other member in the tribe that I'm leaving out. Who, who is that? Dwight. To... Dwight. Okay. And we'll get to Dwight in a second. It's pretty clear why Dwight's on the outside, if you had to ask me. But it, it seems like uh, Jesse's in the middle. Uh, Cody's trying to throw out a target in Justine. But Dwight may be the guy on the outside. And we'll talk about why that is once we get to the new island that he went to. But yeah, I we could you know kind of get into this right now. I really like Noelle. I think she's going to be incredibly entertaining to watch. Uh, obviously, a crazy story. Lost her leg in an accident um, at the age of 19. Form, but but on one leg, played Division One lacrosse still. Won, set a USA record in the Paralympics um, yeah. in running. So clearly, she's very athletic. And something that I think is interesting with Noelle is that normally when you have one leg or a disability on Survivor, we've seen people play with you know, one leg before, you know, they're, they're kind of, or they, you know, they have a target on their back. People are saying, I don't want to bring somebody like Noel with me to the end, but now you bring in this new era game where the tribes are small. You don't know if there's going to be a tribe swap and you say, okay, she may have one leg, but she's a former Olympian and an Olympic record rec record holder. She's going to help us a lot in challenges. I need to keep her around despite the fact that she could be a threat to me at the end. So I think that's pretty interesting. I think she's going to probably stick around for a little bit. Um, so I think that'll be interesting to watch. And then Jesse with just an unbelievable story, um, having come from being in a gang to going to a juvenile hall, uh, and then eventually getting his PhD, uh, going to Berkeley and then Duke and, you know, having, uh, you know, PhD in political science. That is, that's a crazy story to me, almost as crazy as like anyone we've even seen on Survivor. So we have a very, very unique group of people. Uh, I'm even leaving out NECA is, you know, she came here from, I believe she said Nigeria, um, so that's a crazy story as well. Uh, awesome to see that, you know, she's playing in this game, uh, really cool. And then you have, you know, Dwight who if you read his bio, he is, has interviewed a zillion different, really, really, you know, famous people at his young age already of 21 years old. So yeah. a lot of different personalities, a lot of different crazy stories and different types of backgrounds on this tribe. So I think it'll be, it'll make for one of the most interesting tribes on the season. Yeah, no, I mean, again, I think that every tribe has their own collection of characters, um, a collection of people who are going to be personalities, people who can be strategists. I think it's a really well-rounded group. And again, I think we, we connected really well with the 42 cast last season, and I already have a good feeling about this cast. Not to say anything bad about 41. I think 41 had some great players and some good characters as well, but I feel like from what I'm seeing online and from myself personally we connected really well with 42's cast. And like you said, this may have been the best premiere of those three new era seasons. And I feel, feel like I, I connected with this cast pretty well also, but yeah, I mean, obviously with Justine and Noel, I figured that they might connect. Cause like Justine said, they're around a similar age. Um, and they, and they just got a good, a good vibe from each other. And right away, Cody's like, I don't know if I trust those, uh, those two girls uh, click, uh, joining that click together. And like you said, Cody may be just be kind of doing a little too much here with his energy. But uh, it was just interesting to see him rope in Jesse and NECA into a group. And then Justine, like you said, going to Jesse and saying, hey, I'm cool with Noel. We should make a three. And Jesse's like, well, now I have a lot of options in this group. And you're right, though. Jesse's backstory is, is so 
so interesting. I think he's going to be a really fun guy to watch. It's one of the reasons why I took him in our draft as well. So, yeah. And then, you know, I, yeah, I, about Jesse, I think he's long for the game. I'm excited to see. He's already in a good position. I'm excited to see how that turns out. But and I, and I, and I just want to say by the record, in case anyone hears us referencing the draft, I, I said this to my other friend that's in the draft with us still, and my friend Harris, and I was like, look, above all else, I mean, obviously, winning drafts are fun. This is what we do as fantasy players. But, like, I care most about having a great winner. That, that's what I care most about. Like, if, if Omer won last season, I didn't have Omer on my team, but I would have done anything to have Omer win last season. So I care first and foremost about having a great winner. So, yeah. But so yeah, that, that's what I want. I want, I want the best, best player to win. <laughs> yes, of course. Um, and now let's move here to a tribe that was almost completely opposite as the other two. And that is the yellow tribe, the Baca tribe, um, eventually goes to tribal council. But, you know, it, it was, you know, not, now thinking back at it, it's like, all right, it was kind of foreshadowing that they may be in trouble when they were like, none of them were strategizing. Uh, they all thought that everything was going so great. They weren't. And, and it, I feel bad for Owen that he was put on this tribe. If you read, uh, Owen was, if you had read anything, if you had been looking at social media, people were very high on Owen going into the season. People are very high on Owen right now. I took him first overall in our fantasy draft. If you read his bio, if you read his answers, just a very well-rounded person. And he wanted to play. He wanted to play the game and everyone was kind of just, you know, doing their own thing. No one was really strategizing. And he kind of got that uh, scary edit of uh, Swati or Aubrey who were basically running around and talking to everybody. And that's never good. But, you know, at the same time, he was the only one who, who was strategizing on his tribe. And look, I, I, I don't think we got to know a ton uh, about some of the players on Yellow. We got to know a little bit about Sammy. Uh, which we got good uh, good vibes from, and pretty much I think you know we, we got we got to talk to Ellie as well. We heard her backstory. Those two we got to know well. The rest, it's like I don't feel like I don't really know that well anybody yet. So it should be interesting to see how how uh, the direction that this tribe goes. Oh, and yeah, Gabler, Gabler, we got to know a little bit more, but we'll we'll get to that. I want to save that for when he goes to the island. Yeah, yeah. Well, now that we lost Mariah, I feel like we know Gabler kind of well for a premiere. I feel like we we heard a lot from Ellie and her background as a psychologist because that comes into play with what she does later. Um, we didn't actually learn a lot about Owen in this episode, which is also why I feel like in hindsight, maybe it made it a little bit more sense why he stayed, but we didn't learn that much about Owen and we don't know Janine that well either. We know a lot about Sammy. I mean, I would be disappointed if we left this episode and Sammy didn't make one joke about being a pet cremator. He was like, I, I make the fire. Obviously I'm going to making fires. I'm a pet cremator, but um, uh, no, with this group as well, you're right. I mean, Owen didn't make the mistake that Aubrey did or like Swathy did where th they were both saying like the same, the same exact thing to those people. And Owen wasn't like saying like the same phrase, like let's have a dialogue or he wasn't saying like, you know, um, final to me and you like he wasn't like making those hardcore things where people could compare notes all he was saying was like he said it's the classic non-committal i'll let you know if i hear your name I'll, I'll let you know if i hear your name and 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 people were strategizing so if owen had gone home tonight dylan i don't think he did he would have done that much wrong now obviously he's still there but it wasn't like i, I could say oh that's where he made a big mistake and that's why he went home it was almost just like we don't want to lose any of the strong guys in Sammy and Gabler and Gabler has his idol and Ellie and Justine are going to turn on each other. So the only person left other than Mariah would be Owen as a vote. So he could have been a victim of circumstance, but I'm, I'm happy he's still there. Yeah, I do agree with that. And let's move on to the Coco tribe, the Blue tribe, where we had 
a girls alliance of Lindsay, Carla, and Cassidy. Um, that I thought, you know, was interesting. We kind of got to know um, Carla pretty well in this episode. I feel like we heard a lot from her. Lindsay and Cassidy, not as much, but we got like w- at least one or two individual confessionals from e- for each of them. Cassidy, I thought was interesting. Um, she seems to have landed in a very good spot uh, in terms of like what tribe she was put on, where she said that her her move in this game was she kind of wanted to fly under the radar and be a fox. I feel like on this tribe, she's going to have no problem doing that. Um, and then Lindsay, who is like the mom of the season, even though she's only like, what, 42 years old. Um, she's the mom of the season, pediatric nurse. Again, I had high hopes for her um, on the season and I get a pretty good vibe from her. Also, she seems to be bonding really well with not only the girls, but also James. And let's get to James. I'm a huge fan of James. Big personality. Seems like he's really smart. Uh, pants fell down in the immunity. Can we challenge. get the man a belt, please? Yeah, I, I was like, I just was like, I was watching that. I'm like, this guy's pants is actually down on the first first episode. But love James, big personality. And then we also had Gio, who we got to hear from. He bonded well with Carla as they spoke about their struggles uh, and similarities of both being in the LGBT community, both being in the Latino community, and they bonded over that. Um, I feel like we have a really good group on Coco, and I could see this, you know, you, you kind of see that they have good like tribe chemistry as well. I could see them being the quote unquote dominant tribe of this, um, of this uh, season. And one of the reasons why, as I said, and I haven't even spoke about this guy other than, you know, other than the very beginning, Ryan is an absolute beast. Talk about another, talk about another um, amazing story. This guy was not supposed to be able to walk and he is dominating these challenges. And by the way, by the way, let me let me say one more thing before we move on here. Shout out to Survivor for looking at the season. No, no offense to the season 42 cast, but shout out to Survivor for looking at the season 42 cast and saying we had like two challenge beasts and nobody else. And now all of a sudden we see an influx of athletes on the season. I don't know if that was done on purpose. I don't know if it just so happened to be that. Oh, yeah. But I mean, last season we saw Jonathan basically dominating every challenge pre-merge it wasn't like it was fun to watch in his dominance but it was like you knew he was going to dominate now it's like you have you know ryan running around and dominating sammy's a pretty big guy uh james is a pretty big guy noel is a former olympian only has one leg that's extremely (laughs) incredible to watch it's like there's a lot of people who are really athletic on this season and it starts with ryan Oh yeah, no, it's I, I I agree completely, and I actually didn't even consider that until you mentioned it. But it seems a lot more well balanced. I mean, if you look at East Tribe, you you have like like you just said, you have Cody and Noel and uh, Justine and Jesse's like n- n- no slouch either. You have James, and you have um you have James and Ryan and uh, and on that tribe. And then you have Sammy and you know Gabe. Like you have a lot of equally balanced people unlike Jonathan who can pull a whole boat himself and everyone else has to spend their whole energy carrying a boat. So it was more even the blue tribe is very interesting to me, Dylan, because they were our dominant tribe tonight, essentially, but it had a lot of moving parts. Cause like you said, the girls made an alliance. So Carla, Lindsay and uh, Cassidy made an alliance, but Lindsay says, okay, well you don't have a majority in six with three doing like Brad Culpepper math. I want to make a fourth. So I'm going to pull in James. Now this wasn't mentioned in the, in the strategy, but did you notice still that in both challenges, the two people that paired up for the puzzle and for the table maze was Ryan and Lindsay. Now I, that could just be because they were skilled in those areas of the challenge, of course, 
but you also could wonder to yourself, they paired up twice. They must have good chemistry. I'm wondering if Ryan and Lindsay is maybe another pair of the camera may show us next week. And then you have, like we, you said, Carla was kind of in the middle. She and Gio bonded. They're both in the LGBT community. They wanted to pull in Ryan. Now Carla's in that Jesse spot in the middle. So they're, the blue tribe to me, even though they're the dominant tribe and they may not go to tribal a lot, and then knock on wood, but um, they have a lot of moving parts in that tribe, I feel like. Yeah, it, it should be interesting to watch if they go to tribal council. Um, for right now, I'd say Lindsay seems to be in the best spot, kind of leading the charge with everything. Obviously, that could change if people figure out that she's talking to everybody, but I feel like Lindsay, like I said in preseason, uh, she's somebody that people are going to trust just naturally, given the fact that she's a mom, she's probably not going to lie too much. She's, you know, going to be like a, you know, she's a nurse. She's going to be somebody who uh, it's comforting to talk to. Um, and I just, I think that a lot of people are going to trust her. So I, I like her spot for sure. I, agree. I, I like Lindsay a lot too. I agree, I agree with you. I, I, I was concerned and I hate to say it, the classic stereotype that sometimes if a tribe loses, they may look towards the oldest women, which is extremely unfortunate and I hate it. But I told you, she gave me big Chrissy Hoffbeck vibes. And I, I really like Lindsay as well. Yeah, I do agree. And now let's talk about uh, the island that doesn't have a name yet that we're going to have to come up with a name. Uh, we, I actually had a tweet during this episode. I was like, what are we calling this island? And I'm going to actually read out uh, some of the tweets that we got. It was pretty mm -hmm. funny. Again, I, you know, if you don't follow us on Twitter already, um, follow us at Soul Survivor Pod. And you know, we're tweeting all episode. Uh, somebody actually just answered it and said, Advantage Bag Island. Uh, another person said, uh, risk, uh, rock risk reward Island or R cubed oh. Island. Uh, apparently Peridium called it risky rock. I like that. Uh, big rock beach. Uh, and somebody else said Fiji. <laughs> so we, we have, uh, we've a plethora of answers. Uh, if you have a name for the Island, be sure to drop it in the comments of the video. But anyway, but what are, what are your thoughts? What are you naming it, Ryan? I, um, out of the ones that our viewers submitted, I like the triple R. I like Risk Rock, uh, whatever it was, Risk Rock Reward, whatever it was. That was pretty cool. Um, I saw um, Mike Bloom make a joke about like rocks and sacks, which is which is pretty funny. It's very on brand for Mike Bloom. And then uh, I, I thought I thought about myself just now. I mean, we could name it after Rocks Roy and just call it like like rocks, like like Rocks Island. But um, no, I mean, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of funny names that people come up with for this. Yeah. So anyway, uh, very different from last season um, in a way where they had to march up the entire hill. Um, this time they had to cross kind of deep water um, with, you know, weird, ro weird, rocky bottom. They made it sounds like had to walk all the way across the water to the rock. And once they got to the rock, they had a and, and here's what I think was so interesting. And this is what Survivor does well uh, in the past. They made a small tweak to something that kind of worked last season and it made it a little bit more interesting instead of everybody going separate paths they all make the decision together yes. right so it's like all right you hear that you're gonna have to make a decision uh you go off in separate paths you have to use that information this is talking 41 and 42 you use that information uh from what you just you know you use your vibe that you got from the other person to make your decision here it's like, all right, not only are you using your vibes that you got from other people, you're watching them as they make the decision, right? So it's like, you know, I think uh, Gabler described it as poker. It's like you are literally looking at other people while they make a decision that will have your fate. I think this is an interesting uh, 
twist kind of to what was a somewhat successful uh you know new advantage type thing uh and i have to say i really like it um now we could get into what each player did Mm -hmm. uh what you would do what you think was the right move the wrong move so let's get into it ryan what are your thoughts so yeah, I, I I mean again I agree and I, I I feel like with these episodes, you know, obviously you and I go live right afterwards. So we're kind of just going on, on the fly. And there's obviously times where we think about it more after the podcast. We let it like simmer, or Stephen Fishback would say we let it marinate a little bit. Um, and then we, we may have a different opinion. And I'm curious to know what other people think about this twist or how this is a variation of Ship Wheel Island. I agree with you. I like it where it's a decision that they are not, they're not making the decision together, but they're making it in front of one another, which I think is pretty nice. It's not just go your separate way and then make the decision. Cause right away, you know, whether you and the others risked it. Whereas like when you get back to camp in 41 and 42, you had to give them a story after you gave them your story, then you went off on your own and then you found out separately if you had got your vote or you lost your vote or you got the advantage where in this case right away carla knows i'm not risking it but i know gabler and dwight risked it gabler and dwight are going to find out when they get back to camp if they've gotten it or not so i I do like how it's changed a bit um and uh i'm really curious to see how more people do this in the future in terms of the the decision oh you want to say something i was going to say another thing about uh revealing it in front of people is that it's like in the last season, like you would, you could like completely trick the other person and then the other person not find out until a little bit down the road. Now it's like you, you see their answers immediately, right? It, it's revealed in front of you, like Gabler and, uh, and Dwight and Carla, they all knew what each other answered. So if you're you know specifically playing poker and you bluff or lie, uh, let's just say that you all agree to go risk averse and not risk your vote. And everyone just walks out of there. Um, you, you know, everyone got along. You say, you don't want to, you say, uh, you know, I don't want to screw everyone over. Let's all keep our vote. We know that we're risking our vote. And then all of a sudden somebody, somebody decides that they're actually just going to straight up lie to the other two and just take the advantage for themselves. Well, everybody knows now that you just screw, you just got screwed over. Um, mm-hmm other players are immediately going to tell everybody else go against you so it adds a new like layer of strategy you like really have to like be careful with what you do uh and in my opinion you can't you know you kind of you kind of got to be straight up you can't really lie to the other people right right then and there they they know you're lying they know that you're going to have an advantage and then they could tell their entire tribe so it is an interesting spot yeah and and gabler did take an honest approach he he either said it up front or he kind of strongly hinted at like I think I'm going to risk it. Or I think it's, I, I think, you know, you got to come out here and play hard kind of strongly suggesting he was going to risk it. And I think he was obviously, you know, as we'll see later after the immunity challenge, he's a kind of a, a bit aggressive in some, in terms of some of his approaches, he kind of gets uh really um, energetic about some of his ideas, but in terms of what I would do Dylan, and I don't know if there's a right or wrong answer here, because I think it depends on each season and each cast. I feel like for the very first one, I feel like it's much better to keep your vote. Now, if they do this two or three more times before the merge, let's just say, let's just say they do it every other episode. So episodes one, three, and five, for example, I don't, I don't think they're going to do it every single week, but maybe they'll do it one, two, three, and four. I don't know. Um, This Mariah, uh, I need, I haven't looked at Wikipedia yet. She was either voted out on day two or day three, right? Obviously not, not the first day, but day two or three. 
I don't know how much, how many connections you've built in those two or three days. And I feel like you don't want to put yourself in a spot where you don't know these people. This is before the immunity challenge. What if Mariah was in the Janine spot and she messed up the challenge a lot and they said that's an even easier reason to get rid of her and she no longer has her vote now. So I feel like when it comes to Carla and Gabler and um, and White, I feel like when it's the first part of this, uh, only two or three days in, I feel like it's safer just to keep your vote. Maybe like if it's day like 11 now, maybe you have more of a foothold in the game. Like if you're, if you're Sammy and by day nine, you're running the show, why not risk your vote? Like, like you can afford to do it, but I feel like on day two, it's too risky. What do you think? I am complete in complete agreement with you. I was sitting there and I watched this whole all go down and I was like, Corla made the right decision. Um, you cannot risk your vote this early in the game not having even gone to tribal council once yet. You don't know where your alliances really stand. Truly, you could, you know, bank on whatever alliances you made in the first day. You don't really know if those are legit until you go to tribal council. In my opinion, with the small tribes of six, and you you have to you have to keep your vote and you just go back and you could tell the honest truth and be like, go through my bag, follow me the whole day. I'm telling you the truth. I kept my vote. The others two, the other two risked it. One of them uh, has, you know, an, uh, a potential advantage. Now we didn't see Corla go back and actually do that. I assume that's what she uh, she did. If they didn't show it, it probably was, probably was pretty straightforward. Um, but let's talk about Dwight and Gabler. They both risked it. Um, I'm a little bit worried about Dwight in this game. He seems mm -hmm. to be on the outs in his tribe already. No one believed him, even though he told the truth. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> um, nobody believed him based on a story. Uh, it was a pretty believable story. It was exactly what happened, and nobody believed him. So clearly, he's not doing something right uh, if nobody believed him right away. Um, maybe it has to do that he's really young. Uh, seems like he'd be like kind of a gamer. So I think that's probably why they don't believe him. But I mean, for him to have no trust uh, by his tribe mates and also lose his vote, he's in big trouble going forward. Yeah, again, th and that's why I think you were referencing earlier that Cody, you know, is going to be a lot of fun, but he may not be long for this game. Um, like, I mean... I can't even give him credit for sniffing out a lie because Dwight literally said to a T what happened in terms of the journey and in terms of, of the decision that he made and then said, because I didn't get it and I showed you I didn't get it, Gabler has it. And by the way, this uh, this new era, three seasons in a row, people are very forthcoming with information. People are going to tell each other every single little thing. But, um, but yeah, no, I mean, I, I feel like, you know, Dwight is in a spot where people already don't trust him and yeah i mean i feel like especially if jesse's in the middle and you have like the two girls and you have cody and you have neca i mean unless you know something changes with a challenge or with you know some camp life i feel like dwight is not in the best spot at, at the red tribe yeah and we could discuss gabler a little bit here and you know what to do if you if you would risk your vote i don't think in season 43 of survivor this is way different than season 41 and 42, because as soon as a boat picks you up in season 43, everyone knows what along the lines of what's happening. Was it the same thing as season 41 and 42? Not exactly. Was it similar enough that everyone probably knew exactly what was happening? Yeah. So season 41 and 42, they had no precedent. So they were not able, they were able to say whatever they wanted when they got back and they probably could have got away with a wider range of stuff. Now it's like, everyone knows an advantage is involved. You kind of have to be forthcoming with information so in my opinion, if you look at what Gabler did and what Dwight did, I think that they made the right decision to tell them exactly what happened. 
Um, maybe it would have been best for them to just be like, I didn't risk it and just, uh, and, and I have my vote still. But then at the same time, if you lose and you don't have your vote, uh, then what are you going to do? Then all of a sudden you're calling the lie because you have to admit that you don't have your vote. If you're going to tribal council, then you have to admit you don't have your vote. So it's like a tough situation because you, you don't want to get yourself caught in that lie if that, if it comes to that. But at the same time, it's like, all right, do I have to tell the exact truth? I think Gabler, uh, you know, we'll talk about some of the decision-making he made after the challenge, but up until that point, I think he handled himself pretty well. Um, and the reason I say this is because he was pretty self-aware that he was going to be on the outs, no matter what on this tribe yeah. That's important, right? He's a 51 year old guy. I think he said, um, like he cites, there's only been one winner in the history of survivor over 50 years old. Why is that? It's not easy to connect with people who are 20 to 30 years younger than you on your tribe. And he knows that. Um, so he said the best way, my best way to stay in the game is to make people trust me. So I'm just going to, you know, and whether he did this intentionally or not, I don't know, based on what he was saying, uh, it seems like he might be intentional, but he basically said, I'm going to be an open book. I'm going to tell everyone what's going on. I'm going to show them if I got the advantage or not. I'm going to literally open it and then show them the note because if people know that they can trust me, then it puts me as less of a threat and more trustworthy and less likely to go home. So I think he made the good move here. Obviously, he would have been in trouble had he not gotten the idol. But given the fact that he got the idol, um, you know, things are looking pretty good for him. And as you saw, I mean, he didn't go home tonight. And he basically said, I'm not going to play my idol. I don't want to take the easy way out, even though he could only have one more vote to use that idol at. He said, I'm not going to use my idol, which we could discuss that decision in a second. But like he did not play his idol and he didn't go home tonight. So whatever he did worked. So I think that Gabler, even though he made some crazy decisions and we'll talk about again, we'll talk about it in a second. This in particular was the right move to be an open book because clearly it saved him tonight. Yeah, like you said, we're going to talk about Gabler's other decision in a little bit. But, I mean, this to me is uh, just – Gabler is going to be like – and again, I go back to what you call Brad, Electric Factory. Um, but it's like – you're right. I mean, it's, it's such an interesting situation because you don't want to lie, especially this early on, especially like you look back at 42 where Chanel lost her vote – and then you have to now you're in a situation where you have to reveal you didn't vote and it just looks even worse. And even though I thought Chanel had a lot, a lot of potential as a player last season, as soon as that tribal council happened, I feel like then no one ever trusted her again, really. And she, her game was just kind of DOA at that point. But in this case, again, I feel like you shouldn't risk it. If you do risk it, the question then you're posing me is, do you be open about it? Do you honestly say, you risked it and you show them, Hey, I, I did risk it. I had to see what happens. Or you just be like, no, I, 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 I kept it because in, in this case with Mariah, now this is playing, this is now playing armchair quarterback. This is like results oriented thinking, but if Mariah is voted out five to one and Gabler doesn't vote and it's actually four to one, it's, you technically would never have to see Gabler's vote. So you could have gotten away with it. Again, that's results oriented, but in a sense, it's like, maybe in these smaller tribes you can't really afford to lie this early and just make your game so untrustworthy if this was like a tribe of 10 then absolutely then you could lie about it you can do whatever the hell you want but i feel like when it's a tribe of six and what let's just say it's a three two one or it's going to be a, a, a four two vote and you don't have your vote and you lie about it you get exposed pretty quick so i guess gabler and dwight by being forthcoming 
it was good. And it seems like people were happy that Gabler had the idol for the tribe. But his whole his whole harebrained scheme that happened later was just crazy to me. So one question I have before we get into Gabler's later acts. Um, did it say how long that they lo- that Dwight loses his vote for? Is it just for one tribal council or is it until he is told? That's a good question. I don't remember. I The camera panned over to the paper, so I'm sure if we go back to the episode, we can see what it said. All I remember from uh, Gabler's was that it was an idol that was good only for his next two tribals. So it was a very, it was like a shot clock. It was a very short-term advantage idol. Whereas Dwight, I'm going to assume he loses his vote for the next time he goes to tribal. So if Vessi loses next week, he can't vote then, but then he's fine to do it again. I, I think yeah, that's, what, that's, it what, would that's be. what I think as well. Uh, but let's get into Gabler getting the idol uh, and then going to tribal council and everything that happened directly after the immunity challenge. So to do a quick recap before we get into it, Gabler comes back after failing at the maze. Uh, Yellow loses the challenge. He sits everybody down before anybody could even get up to do anything else. And he says, you know, I had three goals. I accomplished them basically all immediately. And as a result, I'm going to play my shot in the dark tonight. And I'm not going to play my immunity idol because I don't want to take the easy way out. I I have to just stop right there and before we even get to like the rest of it and how it played out. But like he I gotta tell you, Dylan, he was going left, 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 and then he swerved hard right. Cause I thought he was gonna say, I accomplished this, I accomplished this, and I promised myself myself and my family I wouldn't be the first one to vote it out. So I, I will use my idol to ensure I'm not the first voted out. I'm not gonna hide it, I'm not gonna lie about the idol, so I'm gonna play it tonight and it's the idol's dead. I thought that's where he was going. Like, I don't, I don't want to be first out as the old guy. I'm going to play it. He then goes, I accomplished this. I accomplished this. I accomplished this. And because of that, I came to play the game. So I instead will play my shot in the dark. And I'm like, why? Why would you? He, he's lucky. He, I had to say, he is lucky that they're in small tribes and they want to keep the tribe strong. Because if this was a bigger tribe, I think his, he would have been gone. He almost pulled a Zane Knight from Philippines and got himself voted out right away. He almost took himself out. And he's also lucky that Ellie, as a psychologist, talked him off the cliff and he's like, okay, yeah, I won't do it. So I think he got lucky tonight. Yeah. First of all, that's a crazy thing to do. I don't understand what was going through his mind. Like he just felt that guilty for losing that he was going to go to that extent. He could have expressed his guilt without going to that extreme. He could have said, Guys, I feel so guilty, but I did risk my vote. I did risk my vote to get this immunity idol. It's only good at two votes. I have to use it tonight to save myself. And that's how it's going to be. I'm just letting you guys know um, because I want to be truthfully honest with you guys. I need it tonight. That would have been the best way to go. Instead, he just goes, I'm going to use my shot in the dark. And everyone's like, all right, what is this guy doing? Like, what's going on here? This is insane. Let me just say one thing, quick thing here. And this stands for the rest of time for Survivor. I stand by this. And I was really giving it deep thought when I was watching tonight. If you have a shot clock idol in a small tribe like this, and it's only good for two votes, if there is any doubt that you are staying, if you think there's any chance that you are going home, you have to use it at the first vote. I'm almost inclined to just say use it no matter what at the first vote because you can't trust anybody anyway at the first vote. You cannot trust anybody until you actually vote for the first time. So in my opinion, if you could only use the idol for two tribals anyway, 
What are you saving it for? Use the thing, ensure your safety. And then, you know, if you have time in this game, anything could happen in a few days. In my opinion, you always have to use that idol first, almost always, unless you're like 1,000 million percent sure. If somebody else is saying, take me out, and everyone's like, okay, we'll take you out. If somebody's giving themselves up from the game, then you could hold on to it. But in my opinion, almost 99% of the time, I'm playing that idol at the first tribal council to ensure that nobody is going to cross me right away. Because it would have been pretty easy for them to cross Gabler tonight. I agree. I mean, I think if you have a shot clock idol or an idol that expires within a few votes, I agree. I think you have to use it. And that's and that's just not and that's not just me saying it because I, I would be afraid to get voted out with an idol in my pockets. But it's just like you could like you said, you can write it off pretty easily. It's the first vote, you guys. We've been here for literally two days or three days. Um, I told my I you can make you can make this up. I told my family, I told my wife. I wouldn't be the first one to get voted out. So I, I have promised her. So I got to play it tonight. Plus it makes you look even more trustworthy because you're like, look, I'm going to just, I took a risk. It paid off. I'm going to take it out of the game. You don't need to worry about me blindsiding one of you with it. It's now out of play. I'm not a threat with it anymore. So I feel like you shouldn't, you just should just use it there. Like, why not? I mean, I mean, again, it's just like when those people find idols like back in Micronesia where it's like, okay, it's only good for tonight. And obviously if it's only good for one night, you play it on that one night. But in this case, if it's only good for two votes, Gabler, and your tribe wasn't the strongest and you might go back to tribal council next week, you're not guaranteed tomorrow. I feel like you should just play it there, lower lower your threat level by playing it. He would have also got no votes against him. Like it's one thing if Gabler played it, like, you know what? I don't want to go home. I want to play it. And he nullified three votes against him. Then it's like, you made a move Gabler and you sent someone else home. If he played it tonight and he had no votes against him, it's like he just burned an idol. How scary does Gabler look now? So I feel like he should have done that. I don't know why he tried this crazy harebrained thing about like, I'm going to play the shot in the dark because I want to play risky. And again, Ellie, he was lucky that Ellie was there. We got a lot from Ellie tonight, Dylan. Lots of confessionals. Yeah, I am getting good vibes from her. I think she is, again, I think she's going to go far. And the reason why is like, you know, it's like the people that they introduced to introduce you too early usually uh if you're if you're getting a ton of airtime it usually means that they're going to be either big character for the game or at least in the pre-merge um so yeah i think i think ellie is is long for the game obviously things could change on a dime next week if i don't know what whatever happens but uh look in terms of gabler that was a crazy thing that happened he definitely did not make any of the right moves there and he got lucky that they needed to keep the tribe strong tonight one thing we also said, Dylan, while, while we're on Baca, as we are wrapping up the episode recap, is I was a little surprised that Janine's name didn't get brought up. And again, maybe she was pretty well situated in, in the tribe uh, because, I mean, she, again, as they said before commercial break, her and Ellie were making the choice, essentially, because they could either go with Mariah and vote out Owen, or they could go with um, the or- original plan that was to vote out um, Mariah, basically. And that's why maybe Janine Janine was kind of safe because she was right by Ellie's side and Ellie wasn't going to turn on her. But because she was the one who kind of put them at a disadvantage because she got stuck under the uh, log in the sand, I thought for sure, like, I I didn't think she was going to go home tonight, but I thought for sure her name would have gotten floated out there. Now, granted, we don't see everything on Survivor. The The three days is obviously 72 hours, and we see two hours of that tonight. So her name could have been easily brought up. But I was just surprised that we never heard Janine's name brought up. So I guess that means her and Ellie were very well situated along with Sammy. Like if, if this tribe loses again next week, Dylan, that's the obvious question. If 
Baca loses again, you got to think if Owen's not still a target next week, the next obvious person to be on the chopping block would be Gabler after the shenanigans this week. Because I feel like Sammy is well-situated. I think Ellie's situated. And I think Janine's fine for now. Right. But now Gabler has only one more tribal that he could use as I Oh, uh-oh, Owen. Uh-oh. <laughs> so, and again, don't put any... At, at, all bets are off with Gabler. There's no guarantee he's using that idol at the next tribal council. There's no guarantee he doesn't give it to somebody. There's no guarantee that he doesn't just go home with it in his pocket. So there is nothing that's off the table. Yes, the easy target should be him. Does it mean something that he has the idol? Yes. With Gabler, does it mean something that he has the idol? Maybe not. Uh, honestly, uh, they. I would say if you're Owen and if you're Janine, you better hope you don't go back to tribal council because those are the two that I would think are in the biggest trouble. Um, obviously, Owen's name was thrown out tonight. Uh, he doesn't really seem to be gelling with anybody on his tribe. And then Janine, I would think that she was a problem. Like, they were talking about, you know, keeping the tribe strong. And so you, you brought up the point, how did Janine escape that? She must be doing something really good socially early on. So I, I'm excited to see how that goes because clearly I would say she's in with a, a few people, if I had to guess. I'm also I'm also surprised. And again, maybe I'm, just, I'm diving too much into the challenge philosophy. Um <laughs> For the record, I just finished watching the Challenge USA. If anybody watched that, I know Dylan Heff and I both watched it. So maybe I have challenges on the mind right now. But I feel like, did you think they sent Janine to do the digging there? Because maybe with her being, you know, a bit smaller, that it would have been easier for her to get through. Because I feel like they picked Ryan for Coco because Ryan just beasted through and he dug out it pretty quick. And then for Red, uh, was it, I think it was Cody, right? Was it Cody for Red? Uh, yeah. was it Cody? Was it Cody? I think it was. Or was it Dwight? It, it was a guy. It was, it was either Cody or Dwight. I, yeah, I, don't, I don't remember. Or, or, or Jesse. It was one of the three guys. So I, I'm just curious. The two, Blue and Red, sent two of their bigger guys to do the digging to kind of plow through it. And they sent Janine for Yellow. And I'm wondering if they thought she was going to, like, squeeze through pretty easily. But, I mean, that's, that's what set them back. I mean, again... Gabler and Sammy were struggling a lot at the table maze, so they probably would, would have lost anyway. But I think they had no shot just because they came to the, the table maze so far behind, I think. Yeah, I do, I do agree. Uh, it'll be interesting to see. I, I think the Yellow Tribe's losing at least one or two more times um, before we get to um, the merge. So we'll have to see. Like you, Like I said before, I would not be surprised if there's a tribe swap at some point. So maybe Owen or Janine or whoever would be on the outs gets bailed out. We'll have to see. At least we know next up, it, it'll be a few episodes before that happens if we do have that. So curious to see what happens. Anything else you want to add about this uh, episode, uh, episode recap, Ryan, before we move on here? Um... I guess what I would say as well before we get to the questions or we kind of or we wrap things up is that I'm going to be very curious to see how much again we know that this group saw all 41 and they saw half 42. So they saw Erica win, they saw somebody who was kind of forgotten about, somebody who was under the radar, made some good social and strategic moves towards the end of the game win. They didn't see Marianne win, but they saw Marianne as a big character in the first part of the season. So I'm just gonna I'm just gonna wonder as we progress through 43, we already got a Jonathan reference. I'm curious if we, we hear other references about 41 and 42, and if that impacts their decision making. Now again, I don't think they would show that decision making. Like they're not gonna say we voted out Mariah 
because she reminded us of Marianne and Marianne was a threat. So, like they're not going to show us that, but I wonder like, and maybe I'm, I'm overthinking this, but I wonder if subconsciously, if some of these players are going to see examples of players they, they saw in 41 and 42 and make some decisions based on how those people played, perhaps. I don't know. I think the answer is yes. Um, because that's the only precedent, right? You have to go based off that. There have not been any other 26 day games. There haven't been any other games in this format. So in my opinion, yeah, it's probably happening. Are we going to see people say it? We'll see. We shall see. All right. Uh, I think we could wrap things up here. Um, one thing just wanted to mention, if you're still watching, thank you. And be sure to like the video, subscribe to this channel really helps us out. Follow us on all socials at soul survivor pod on Instagram and Twitter at soul survivor podcast, TikTok. Uh, and yeah, be sure to comment on the video. If you have any questions, DM us, do whatever you want to do, but we're happy to be here. We will be here every single Wednesday night. I'm excited for it. Looks like the story of a great season. Dylan, I am really excited for the season. I thought, again, great premiere. Uh, I would need to go back and look, but maybe one of the better ones we've seen recently, especially compared to 41 and 42 premiere. But I think this cast has a lot of potential. I'm looking forward to it. Quick programming notes. I believe next week is an hour and a half. So if that's the case, we will be live, I guess, at like 945-ish next yeah. week. 9 okay. Eastern time. So stay tuned to our social media pages to see when we go live, but it'll be a 90 minute episode next week. Yep. Sounds good. Other than that, we have nothing else for you. So as always, grab your torches and head back to camp. Good night.